So as many of you know, one of my biggest hobbies is that I love to run. I'm on a local track team here in Brooklyn. I'm very involved in the local running community and I like to run marathons and all sorts of races all over the city. And on race days, when I get to Central Park or Prospect Park on those race mornings, you know, I usually follow the same routine to get myself ready to race. And so the first thing that I usually do is I eat my race day breakfast, which is two pieces of toast, a cup of coffee, a banana, and a lemon-lime Gatorade. <laughs> then I show up early and run my warm-up along the course. Once I finish that, I then pin my race number on my singlet. And you see, everything I do on race day has a very specific purpose. And that purpose is to get me ready to run my best race. But the truth is, I'm not truly ready to race until a very specific moment. And that moment is when I pull out these bad boys. When I pull these out of my bag, lace them to my feet, and step on the starting line. These are my race shoes. These shoes have one purpose, and the purpose is to help me run fast on race day. These shoes get me ready to race. And likewise, the Bible says that when we face spiritual trials or spiritual battles, we need very specific equipment to prepare us for what lies ahead. In Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul says that we need a certain pair of shoes. This is what he says. He says, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. The Apostle Paul says that in spiritual battles, we need to put on the shoes of peace. And you know, right now it seems that everything in our world is conspiring against our peace. I mean, you know, the pandemic is bad enough, isn't it? But it honestly, it's really all the other things that are causing my anxiety levels to rise and my muscles in my back to tense up. It's the cable news, it's social media, it's everywhere you look. There's somebody sharing an article around titled, why live concerts or sporting events will never be the same, or why your business or organization is at risk. You know, an actual headline in the New York Times this week said, all the reasons this will be a bleak summer for New York City children. And I'm like, gee, thanks, New York Times. That makes me feel great. And then we see projections about how many people will die if we don't do this or that. Then we read about how school might not be starting back this fall. And then we just see people griping and complaining and being angry on social media. And then we go outside and you see people not social distancing. You see people not wearing masks and you get frustrated. Everywhere we look, there is something that causes us anxiety. And many of us are reeling right now because there is so much in the world that is stressing us out and robbing us of our peace. And here's the truth. If you want to come back stronger from this pandemic, then you've got to know how to fight for your peace. If you let your sense of peace get shaken during this time, it will weaken you. But if you can find the type of strength that the scriptures tell us about, you will not only endure this season, but I believe you will be strengthened during it. The Apostle Paul says, when you face various trials, when you face various seasons of difficulty, you need as shoes for your feet, the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And you know, a Roman soldier in the first century would have had a very specific type of shoe. It would have been really more like a sandal, actually. 
And the main feature of these shoes is that they had little studs or little spikes protruding from the bottom that really just acted as cleats. And soldiers could dig their feet into the ground and it would give them a foothold. And it would help them to stand firm when their enemy attacked and it would help them to hold their ground in battle. And you know, likewise, when we face spiritual battles, when we face circumstances that threaten our sense of peace, we need something that will help us dig our feet into what is true and help us stand firm with peace. And you know, before we can really ask the question of how do I have peace, we first need to diagnose what causes our stress because the cause of our stress often shapes the way that we go about searching for peace. You know, uh, this week I, I heard one pastor say that if you're facing stress, you can place the source of your stress in one of four major, major categories. A place, a pace, a problem, or a person or people. You see, if the source of your stress is a pace of life that you're living, if you're the person who says, oh, I'm just so busy, then you might think that peace will come when the project is completed or when you finally get to take a vacation. Or maybe if your pace is a slow pace caused by the quarantine and you're bored and that's causing you stress, you'll say, I can't have peace until this is all over and I can get back to my life and my routine. And likewise, if the source of your stress is a place, then you might think that your peace will come if you're able to escape that place and go somewhere else, whether that's a new job or a new apartment. If the source of your stress is a problem, then only a successful solution to that problem will bring you the peace that you think you need. So if it's a financial problem, you will need a raise in income. If it is a problem like a pandemic, then you will need things to go back to normal before you can experience peace. If the source of your stress is a person, then getting out of the relationship will bring you the peace you need. And listen, if you're in a toxic workplace or relationship, if you're in a difficult situation, then I encourage you to get out. That is the wise and healthy thing to do. But the type of peace that the Bible talks about is not found in a vacation or a new job or a new tax bracket. The type of peace that the Bible talks about is not a peace that relies on a change of circumstances. It's not even a peace, it's not a peace that is only attainable one day when all the factors are perfect. The Bible talks about a peace that surpasses understanding. It talks about a peace that is possible even in the midst of difficult circumstances. You see, just before Jesus was born, Zechariah spoke a prophecy about the Savior who is going to come. He said He will come to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Did you notice that Zechariah didn't say He will guide us on the way to peace? No. He said He will guide us on the way of peace. You see, a path to peace would imply that I have to slog through all the pain of my circumstances before I can feel any sort of rest or contentment or peace. A path to peace says that I have to wait for the pandemic to be over before I can experience the peace of God again. But the path of peace now, that implies that I can experience peace along the journey and I can experience peace in my circumstances. You see, this is an even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me kind of peace. This is a Jesus is in the boat with me even while the storms rage all around me kind of peace. This is an and behold, I will be with you always even to the ends of the earth kind of peace. 
You see, you don't have to wait for the pandemic to be over to find the peace of God. You don't have to wait for the promotion to be offered for you to find peace. You don't have to wait for the Prince Charming or the woman of your dreams to walk into your life to experience peace. You don't have to wait until all your critics back off for you to experience peace. You don't even have to wait for a summer vacation to find peace because Jesus doesn't offer a pathway to peace. He offers the pathway of peace, which says, I can rest in the peace of the gospel even when my circumstances are out of control. You see, Jesus is not the prince to peace. He's the prince of peace. And we can find rest in him even when the world around us is restless. Listen, I know I'm preaching to an empty room right now, but I better hear some amens in the chat when you hear that this morning. He is the prince of peace. Now, how do we experience the gospel of peace? that the Apostle Paul talks about in this passage. The first thing I want you to see this morning is that before you can experience the peace of God, you must first experience peace with God. Romans 5.1 says, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're tuning in this morning and maybe you have questions about faith, perhaps this pandemic has caused you to ask questions about God and Christianity. And maybe you're wondering if God can bring any peace into your life. The Scriptures say that God does indeed bring peace, but we must first be at peace with Him before we can experience the peace that He offers. And you know, maybe you're watching this morning and perhaps you feel far from God today. You feel separate and separated from Him, from His love and from His peace. And you want to know how you can be right with Him, how you can be at peace with Him, The Bible says that you can have peace with God through Jesus. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. You see, the way to peace is through Jesus. Jesus Himself told us how we can find this peace through Him. He said, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, referring to Himself, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal, and some of translations say abundant life. And isn't abundant life what we all long for? A life of peace with God and with others? I'm here to tell you that that abundant life comes through belief and faith in Jesus. So do you want peace with God this morning? The answer is that you must believe in Him. The second thing I want you to see this morning is that when you have peace with God, you can experience then the peace of God. And now I realize that many, probably perhaps most of you watching this morning, you believe in Jesus. You call yourself a Christian. And as a follower of Jesus, I want you to know that you have access to the very peace of God through Christ. But you know, a lot of us, even though we have access to this peace, we don't take hold of it. You know, perhaps during this pandemic, you've let social media and news articles and panic and politics rob you of your peace. Yet all along, Jesus has been there with His arms open wide, ready to bring calm into your life. But you just haven't taken hold of Him. You know, there is a famous story of Jesus in the Bible. It's a story where He's in the boat with His disciples on the Sea of Galilee. And while they're out on the sea, an incredible storm comes and starts rocking the boat. And the disciples in the boat, they're all panicking and they're freaking out and they're afraid that they're going to die. 
and they turned to Jesus and Jesus was asleep. And they start screaming at him, wake up, Jesus, do you not care that we're going to die? What are you doing? And Jesus wakes up, he, he stands up from the boat and he just says, peace, be still. And it says the storm stopped and the sea became calm. And in that moment, I imagine the disciples' jaws just fell to the deck. And they said, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? You see, those disciples, they had the Prince of Peace, the God of the wind and the waves in the boat with them in the storm. Yet when the sea was raging all around them, they forgot who he was and they didn't look to him for peace in the storm. And instead they rebuked him and accused him of not doing his part. And many of us right now, the boat of our lives is rocking and we are shouting, Jesus, do you not care? Where are you? But the answer is that He is right there in the boat with us. That's the peace of God. He is with us in the storm. That is the good news of peace that we can strap to our feet so that we can stand firm. Now, I want to try to make this plain this morning by using my own life as an example. You know, for those of you who have come to our church for a while, you know that I've been open and that I've shared in the past that I've struggled with depression and anxiety in various seasons of my life. And yet I know depression runs in my family. It's in my genetic makeup. So I, I, I work hard. I keep a healthy diet. I exercise. I go to counseling. And at times I've even used medication to help me in difficult seasons. So I understand that there's a physical component to depression and, and anxiety. But I believe there's also a spiritual component to our depression and our anxiety and our lack of peace. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about this morning. You see, a few years ago, I went through a probably the darkest season of my life. And I'm not going to go into all the details, but it was basically a mixture of difficult circumstances that were outside of my control, an unhealthy schedule, some unhealthy relationships, and some unresolved sin in my own life. And when these things were all mixed together, it created a recipe for disaster. And all during that season, I felt like a storm was raging all around me. It felt like every area of my life was out of control and I just couldn't seem to get my feet underneath me. And I felt like I was slipping and stumbling through my own life. And it affected how I led my family. It affected how I led this church and it affected how I communicated with God. And during this difficult season, I was wounded deeply by some people that I thought cared about me. And during this season, I'm pretty sure that I also wounded some people that I cared about myself. And I spent nearly a year walking around in a fog like, and feeling like I couldn't breathe. I was stressed. I was anxious. And the truth is, I was not living the abundant life that Jesus said was available to me as His child. And I kept telling myself that I would experience peace when everything was over. When I got my life under control, I would experience peace. And so I didn't walk in the path of peace that Jesus paved for me. And I took my eyes off of Him in the midst of the storm. But you know, by God's grace, I came out of that season and many of my relationships that had been broken during that time had been restored and my joy started to come back and I began to live again. But I told myself that I would never let myself be that shaken again by my circumstances. And so I went on a tear where I started reading everything I could get my hands on about walking in the Spirit, the peace of God, developing a rich and deep prayer life in the midst of suffering. I mean, I just wanted to know how I could keep my eyes on Jesus when everything else in my life 
was trying to pull my eyes off of him. And so I started seeking out pastors and counselors and spiritual directors that could coach me in walking in the path of peace. And what I learned is this. We can't control the circumstances of our lives, but we can have peace in our circumstances if we stay connected to Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. And my struggles in the past, they could essentially be traced to one thing, and that is that I took my eyes off of Jesus during the difficult times, and I put my hope and my ability to control or change my circumstances, and that led me into greater stress and greater chaos. And during that time, I had to relearn the truth of the old hymn that I grew up singing as a child that says, says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Now, that was nearly five years ago. So fast forward to 2020. And when this year began, I had so much hope that this was going to be a great year for me and for my family and for our church. But then in January, I fell seriously ill. And there were moments where I actually feared for my life. There was about an hour of time where my vital signs were so upsetting that my parents got on the first flight to New York so that they could be with me. I spent a week in the hospital and about a month recovering. And by God's grace, my health came back but it was an unbelievably scary time for me and my family. Then in March, the pandemic came to New York and we had to move our church completely online in a matter of hours. And you have to understand that I'm I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor. I'm not an online personality. I'm not an internet influencer. This has been a really difficult shift for me to make. And like all of you, I've had to learn new skills in very short amounts of time. But I've also had to grieve the loss of so many things that I love so much. Sunday morning worship services together, I've I've had to grieve those. I've had to grieve the loss of being able to see you all face to face. And it's been really hard for me, especially when I see so many of you struggling and grieving during this season. I just want to be with you. I just want to pray with you and put my arm on your shoulders. And this has been a really difficult time for me. And on top of all of this, A few weeks into our lockdown, I got COVID-19 myself. And for about a month, I could hardly breathe. I was coughing my lungs out all day long, fever, chills at night. It was awful. And then finally, to cap it all off, my oldest son this last week tripped on our sidewalk and broke his arm. (laughs) And so all all that to say that 2020 has not been my year. And I know that many of you have had it so much worse. And my point is not to attract sympathy this morning. My point is this. A few years ago, this string of events in my life would have wrecked me. It would have completely overwhelmed me. But by God's complete grace, I have not only been surviving this season of struggle, but I have been thriving spiritually. Now, I've had my bad days like everybody else, but my wife can attest And I hope that Kyle and our staff would say the same and those closest to me that this has been a season of rich spiritual growth for me. Because as the storm has gotten stronger in my life and as the waves have grown larger, I have fixed my eyes like a flint on Jesus during these days. And He has proven Himself to be true to His name. He is indeed the Prince of Peace. 
And that's not only true for me, but that is true for each of you as well. I just want to tell you this morning that God is good and He is kind and He is ready to guide you on the path of peace and give you a pair of shoes that will help you stand firm in these days. And so if you're here this morning and you need peace with God, I just want to tell you, don't wait till tomorrow. Believe in Christ today. On the bottom of your screen, you should see a button that says live prayer. If you click that button, someone will be ready to pray with you right now and answer any questions that you have about following Jesus and how to find peace with God. But also, if you're here this morning and maybe you feel like you've just taken your eyes off of Jesus during this storm, and you're feeling the anxiety rise up all around you, and you need to feel the peace of God again, I just want to assure you today that He is good, that He is the Prince of Peace, and that He lives up to His name. And if you need, if you need someone to pray with you this morning, someone to pray that you would find the courage to grab hold of the peace of God, please click the live prayer link and we would be glad to pray over you this morning and to pray that you would be able to ready yourself with the shoes of peace. Church, may the Lord of peace Himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. Let me pray for you, church. Father in heaven, we thank you for your peace the peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that gives us joy in the midst of sorrow, the peace that allows us to dance even in the midst of mourning and rejoice even in the midst of difficult days. God, I pray that you would give us peace, that you would help us to strap our feet with the shoes of peace so that we can stand firm in these days. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Church, we're about to sing. The live prayer chat is open. So come on in. We will pray with you and let's sing together and let's pray together. I love you, church. Thank you for your time this morning.